Good evening and welcome to the Coffee Clatch. This is Marianne Russo. I'd like to say hello to my co-hosts that are um, on the chat tonight, Chuck Wally and Mae Wilkinson. I'd like to welcome my guest, Mary O'Connor. She is the president of Cushing's Health Organization, which is an outstanding um, support for uh, children, adults, families that are dealing with Cushing's. Uh, I think Cushing's is very misunderstood, underdiagnosed, and I think that there are probably a lot of people walking around um, that have it that are unaware of it. So I'm just thrilled that Mary came on, and let me introduce you. Mary O'Connor, welcome. Uh, Hi, thanks a lot. Uh, It's good to be here. And uh, I think you're absolutely right. There are a lot of people walking around with Cushing's that have no idea and if you suggest it to them, they will say, oh, I know somebody's dog that has it, or, you know, horses get it, ferrets, but nobody thinks about it as a people disease, really, which makes it really hard to get diagnosed. So. Right. And I think that people look at it, it, it always, you know, from what I've seen, it always comes that there are just so many warning signs ahead of time. Oh, that sure. You say, How did this get missed? But, you know, for, why don't we start off by you just telling everybody what, um, uh, Cushing's is, you know, very briefly what it is, and, you know, what some of the presentations might be that they might see in themselves or their child. Sure. Um, the very basic um, thing with Cushing's is it's an excess of cortisol. And uh, people can get that, uh, most people get that by taking too many steroids, uh, not the uh, kind that you get as gymnasts and uh, gymnastic type people, most. But uh, the kind, if you take it uh, for asthma, um, that kind of steroids, prednisone and that kind of thing, and that's the way people usually get Cushing's, and it will often go away when they stop the medication, but it doesn't always. After that, the next most common cause of Cushing's is a pituitary tumor that produces too much ACTH. Following that, you can get Cushing's by having an adrenal tumor, or there's something even more insidious, which is a tumor elsewhere in your body that they don't necessarily know where it is, but it's just chunking out too much cortisone. And those are most common in the lung, but they can be anywhere, which makes them really, really hard to find. I had uh, somebody on my uh, website, they took out her um, appendix, and when they took that out, they found the tumor behind her appendix. So that was really a strange case. And also, well, I didn't know the, that. I always thought they were either on the adrenals or on right. the, the pituitary glands. That's what they usually are, but there are people with other places. It's also possible for alcoholics to get Cushing's, too, but that, I'm sure that there won't be any children with that. So. Right. Right, but you know what? This is for parents, too. You know, uh-huh. it's not just for the children. I mean, I, sure. I'm interested for the children, and, um, you know, I, this is a, somewhat of a self-serving interview because both of my daughters, um, two of my daughters, have um, pituitary tumors. Uh, they're not diagnosed with Cushing's, but um, uh-huh. I'm very familiar with a lot of we're going to be talking about, and, and I can tell you for a fact that um, there are children and parents out there that are walking around suffering with depression, anxiety, um you know, a lot of physical symptoms, and they're just not getting diagnosed. So why don't you, you go back, give us a couple of lists, um, a list of some of the symptoms, and then, you know, we'll talk about if you have CVs in yourself or your child, you know, what do you do? Mm-hmm. The most common thing that people notice first is they're gaining weight. They're not, they haven't changed their diet. They might even be trying to lose weight, might be exercising, and yet they're still gaining weight. I'm, I'm talking about a lot of weight. Um, uh, me personally, when I had my Cushing's, I was gaining a pound a day, and that was wow. ridiculous. You know, and what of period course, of time? Uh, yeah, I I did that for I was in the hospital actually at the time, and I did that for about six weeks. I was in the hospital for six weeks. 
before yeah. I got my final diagnosis. So that took quite a while. But obesity is something, you know, if you have a child and they're morbidly obese, it's not necessarily the parent's fault. They need to look, you know, do hormone testing and so forth on that child because, uh, it's, right. you know, it's some, it's physically impossible to eat enough to gain as much weight as you do with Cushing's. How does that sound? Really? Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, I, you know, I always just thought it was somebody that was overweight. I didn't realize that it was a sudden weight gain. Yeah. Well, it depends because Cushing's it can be a gradual thing or it can come on very quickly. That's one of the problems with Cushing's is um, everybody's different, and um, right. not everybody Welcome gains to our world. a whole lot of. You know, I mean, <laughs> right. and if you go to the doctor and you say I'm gaining weight, they will say, "Oh, go on this diet." You know, just go away. You're eating too much. They won't necessarily look into other things that could be causing the weight gain. And usually, Cushing's people are shorter than normal too. Right. Uh, partly because uh, you lose bone density, so you're getting shorter instead of taller, which is a scary okay. That thing. makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I know that also some of the signs are. Um, um, was it hirsutism, where right. um, you know the girls will have a lot of facial hair, body sure. hair, mm-hmm. um, they're stray. I mean, I know, <clears throat> you know, my daughter had stray, which was, you know, to me, uh, stray for anybody that doesn't know, it's purple stretch marks. Right. Um, you know, I mean, why would a fourteen, thirteen-year-old kid have sure. no, stray? It's 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 puberty, they can get that as well. You know, you have like a six-year-old that's going through puberty, which is not really too, too good. <laughs> You know, and I, exactly, exactly. It's the same thing. It's very early puberty, and then they get a, a loss of their period. They have amenorrhea. And, you know, I think it's there's so many different possible causes. And oh, today I, I hear it so often, you know, in, in, in a lot of teenagers that, you know, these girls that it's happening to, that I, I don't think they look for this. Now, a lot of the symptoms, are, I think they're a little bit more obvious in the girls. But um, right. for boys, what would you look for? Hmm, that's, that's kind of true. It's usually the gait, weight gain. That kind of mm-hmm. thing, um, and they get hairier earlier. That kind of thing, and oh, bruising. Uh, but that's another thing that's hard to diagnose because kids, you know, run into things, and so they but they bruise very, very easily. Uh, when I had my Cushing's, you could just touch my arm, and I'd get this big bruise. That's actually how I finally got diagnosed because I was able to take wow. my arm okay. to the doctor and say, "Look at this," you know. Right. Right. So many. It's, it's unusual. Now you know. It, it, it is high levels of cortisol, yes. and you know, high levels of cortisol can be also be caused by chronic stress or trauma mm-hmm. or you know a lot right. of things. Um, so why don't you tell everyone how uh, this test is done? The ACTH um, test is oh, done uh, because that's one of the main tests, right? Mm-hmm. Well, the first thing they usually do is a 24-hour urine sample mm-hmm. where you collect. Just like it says, you collect all the urine for 24 hours. You start early in the morning, and you have to put it all in this big jug. And different labs run that differently from other ones. So some put um, preservative in it, and some want you to freeze it, and some don't. But you have to be very, very careful that you follow the directions absolutely correctly or the whole test doesn't it's invalid. Oh, yeah. So that's, you know, not good. They also now have um, something which is after my time. They can uh, check the saliva in your cheek. They take that, test that at midnight. They uh, run right. a cotton swab. And you can send that off to the lab, and apparently that's a very good test now for Cushing's. Yeah. So then, what what really confuses me then <laughs> is uh-huh. um, well, well, let me back up a little bit because okay. also um, it, it has a lot of psychological 
effect. Mm-hmm. Anxiety, depression, Actually, moodiness, right. loss of the of ability to sleep. It is horrific. Um, you know, it's it's not something that's that you know just you know. Oh, I have Cushing's. It is really, really very um, debilitating. Absolutely. Um, and these are things you know the parents need to look for. And what, what okay. really confuses me is, okay, if you have a kid that's gaining a lot of weight, that's you know stunted growth, that has you know it all of a sudden is depressed or anxious, and mm-hmm. they have these tests. Why is it so difficult to diagnose? And it is. Well, because doctors don't want to run the test because they never think that they're going to see a Cushing's patient usually. So what you have to do is call an endocrinologist. You have to get into one that has seen Cushing's people before that's willing to test. Because most endocrinologists even will um, be testing for diabetes, possibly thyroid, that kind of thing. They won't be looking for Cushing's. Even if you tell them you think that you or your child has Cushing's, they won't necessarily believe you. So... I know. (laughs) It's really, it's hard to get diagnosed. One of the people, actually she was on, um, uh, she was interviewed on one of the health channels on TV, she and her doctor, and she has a couple of children with Cushing's. And uh, all of the people, uh, before she got the final diagnosis for her children, uh, they thought she had, uh, oh man, forgot the name of it. Polycystic? No. The one... uh, Munchausen syndrome. They thought the mother had that, and she was projecting diseases on her children to make, you know, to make herself look better. (laughs) Hello? I mean, there's no way a parent would wish this on their children. You know, it's funny because I once went to an endocrinologist. It was actually endocrinologist number four, and... um, and you know that situation. Uh, mm-hmm, endocrinologist number four, and I had said, you know, she has this and she has that and she has this and she has that. And she said, Mrs. Russo, you're just trying to find an excuse for her behavior. That, uh-huh. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know. Amazing, um, and yeah. it was endocrinologist number five that, um, you know, basically said, I mean, it's it's obvious she's got an endocrine disease and mm-hmm. uh, ordered a, a, a an MRI of the pituitary and there the tumor was. Because a lot of people, really? Cushing's can be caused by a tumor that's so small that it doesn't show up on an MRI. Mine did not. That takes you into whole new areas of testing um, that you don't want to do if you don't have to do. If, if, they, if they're sure that you have a pituitary tumor but they can't see it, then they do a test called a petrosal sinus sampling. Right. And they uh, run catheters from your groin up to your pituitary, and they shoot chemicals in to see how your pituitary reacts. And uh, one of the risks of that is you can bleed to death from where they insert the catheters. So, And you can have a stroke from the chemicals they inject. So it's not a test they do lightly, but right. I mean, a lot of people, right. the tumor does not show up. So. On the MRI. And, and, you know, a lot of times they have you have a tumor, but they feel it's not producing. So Right, there's that. You know, too. if you could explain <laughs> to the audience what that means, because they, they well, might hear that, that it's an incidental finding and that it's not producing. Uh-huh. It's just, well, 25% of all people uh, who are autopsied, we don't want to even go there, but they're found to have pituitary tumors. Yeah. That's a really, really high number of people. And so there are a lot of them that just sit there and nobody knows that they had them and they don't cause any trouble whatsoever. But uh, for the ones that do cause trouble, there are several kinds of pituitary tumor, not just Cushing's, um, and uh, they all have different symptoms. There's a prolactinoma, which causes uh, breast milk and so forth, and that's a whole different thing. That's a little bit easy mm-hmm. to diagnose, I guess, if you have, like, a guy and uh, he's producing breast milk. Even a girl, oh. right. 
right. you have oh, a 15-year-old yeah, girl, girl who's producing right. milk, and there's something mm-hmm. wrong here. Right. right. So. Now tell us about the other ones, because I know there are, there are a few oh. uh, different types of pituitary tumors. Okay. Uh, oh, there's the uh, one that causes acromegaly, which is uh, giantism. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's a whole different thing also, but it's similar to Cushing's in some ways because some of the symptoms overlap there as well. But that one is easier for a doctor to spot because uh, usually they get a gap in between the front two teeth where the jaw is expanding, and you need bigger shoes quite often and that kind of thing. And they can treat that. Well, they usually do surgery uh, first, but then they have a sandostatin that people can take to keep uh, the growth down. So you know, one of the other concerns, I know my one of my biggest fears um, is that if if it grows, it's very close to the optic nerve. That's right. As blindness can so it's very over. it's very very scary as a parent. Um, you oh, know, we monitor them constantly, but you know, uh-huh. anytime they're having a little trouble reading or something, so you know, it, right. it really has a huge impact. You know, it, it oh, impacts sure. the vision and and everything else that we discussed. Um, uh-huh. You know, but I think that you know, I I think that a person who has a very severe case uh-huh. of Cushing's, it's very noticeable. It's oh, very sure. obvious. You know, but uh, it, does it have a range like like other disorders do? Well, uh, apparently it does because there are people that gain, you know, they're like 400, 500 pounds, and then there are people that only, only I hate to say that, you know, that are maybe only 200 pounds. So there was that kind of range. Um, and when I was at, I was at the NIH, National Institutes of Health, before my surgery because it was so long ago they didn't know about it anyplace else. And there was a young woman that was there. She was the only one, and she was very skinny, and she had all kinds of energy, and she was running around getting up in the morning, and she was so completely different from the rest of us. I have mm-hmm. no idea how she was ever diagnosed, but they said she had Cushing's as well. So that's like the complete other extreme. Right. It, you know, and, I don't know. It, it, it's just it's very frustrating because um, I just really you know I've been waiting for you to come on. I've approached you from when I first started the show. I know, I know. And, and, and I tortured you, and I apologize, but it's oh, important that's, that's okay. because um, you know I did. I I, I stalked this woman, um, <laughs> but you know basically because I've 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 led um, you know I've been led down a path mm-hmm. where I had a child who was so severely um, impaired, right. And, and I knew in my in my gut that they were missing it, and I was seeing mm-hmm. these signs. And I can tell you that when we got it treated, she's a completely different kid. That so is, I had a kid so with severe mood instability, depression, anxiety, agoraphobia. Mm. And when we they found it and they treated it, it's, it's like gone. That's, so it's important. You of know. course it's important. And, so what are know, the treatments? Well, uh, generally... If you have a pituitary or adrenal tumor, they try to take them out. Unfortunately, uh, they all recur. Well, the adrenal tumor does not recur. The uh, pituitary tumors often come back. And they can do a second or third surgery for those. And then after that, they start talking about radiation, um, which to me, I would never do radiation because it takes a year until you find out if it even worked. And so it's another year just gone. And if they keep taking out pituitary tumors and they cannot cure the Cushing's, then they take out your adrenal glands is the next thing if you're avoiding the radiation. Uh, there are some kinds of drugs that have just been approved this year. There's a ketoconazole that some people take, and there's Corsep. That's new this year. 
and it was just approved by the FDA like last month. But I'm not sure how good that's going to be for long term because you want to keep the tumor from growing and producing symptoms. So I'm not quite sure, you know, how that's going to work out in the long run. But if they can get the pituitary tumor out the first time and, you know, that that will take care of it. I had one surgery well, you know, also, and one surgery only, and I'm very glad. Right. And I just want to say, you know, these these are, you know, treatments. But, um, you know, it, it, this isn't all gloom and doom because a lot of people are really having a lot of success. Um, and, you know, it, it may be frightening to think of removing a, a pituitary tumor at the base of your brain, but they go in, um, it's intranasal. Yeah, it is now, yeah. Right. When I had mine, so, they went through top of my mouth. <laughs> things oh, are better. Really? Okay, well, those better. are the old days. I mean, now it's yes. intranasal. Um, you know, so maybe you can, you know, explain that a little bit, but it's, it's, it's a lot less invasive. Oh, sure. They just go up through your nostril now um, because it's a straight shot to your pituitary usually. Some people's noses are a little bit crooked, so they have to push the nose out of the way. But they they have all these tiny microscopes now and everything. They can just go in. And if they can see the uh, tumor really well, it's fairly easy to sort of scrape it off. Some people have um, hyperplasia, which is uh, a lot of little cells encompassing the pituitary, in which case they have to remove the pituitary gland or the part that it's encompassing. And, and what would, what, I mean, that was what I was thinking. Um, you know, like, why wouldn't they just remove the, I mean, I know it's your master gland, but, you know, <laughs> they did have to, <laughs> it's pretty important. <laughs> but, well, they um, have to take medication forever, you know. They're trying to avoid that. It's right. Lifelong medication, but... And the majority of these tumors are not cancerous. They're, they're no, they're they're almost never cancerous, which is a good right. thing. Some of the adrenal tumors that cause Cushing's are cancerous, but most of them are not. But pretty much the pituitary ones are never cancerous. And that's the, pretty much the only good news. <laughs> right. The, the Cushing stuff. So what what about so what would a parent do? Okay, so a parent suspects it. You go to an endocrinologist. I can tell you from experience, you'll go to quite mm-hmm. a few. Um, you know, you get your diagnosis, and and usually you sit back and wait. I mean, unless it's really severe, you just you, you monitor I would, it. Every I wouldn't three sit months. back and wait. I'd, I'd want them to take the tumor out like now. You know, really before it really? grows. Yes. Huh. Well, okay. Yeah. You know, yeah, because no, I'm, the I'm sitting that, back. <laughs> the well, if it's Cushing's, the symptoms are never going to get better. It's just going right. to get worse, progressively worse. The tumor could be growing and could be harder to take out the longer right. you go. And, and not all um, tumors are Cushing's. My daughter has, our daughters both have the pituitary tumors, and neither one of them have Cushing's. Right. Either. So, but they have so the same. That, that could be a whole symptoms. different thing. You know. Right. But untreated. But now, Cushing's, what life? What, I'm sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say that untreated Cushing's is uh, can be fatal. <laughs> um, I, I've well. known several people who have died from Cushing's. Even people who have been treated had Cushing's that uh, have not made it. So, it's it's so not what really. So, so I mean, basically, I guess then I mean, my heart is racing right now. I mean, basically, then uh, I mean, my, they don't have it, but you know, the, you never right. know. Um, so, so the surgery is really the most important option, and there are medications, but you know, right. we don't know what but they're going to do then, yet. I mean, um, but what about lifestyle changes? Is there anything lifestyle changes? Because these, poor, you know, these poor people, well, they're dieting like crazy and not losing any and weight. And it's not doing any good. I mean, there's not really anything you can do because the cortisol kind of takes over your life. You sleep a lot more than you did, and there's nothing you can do about that. I still, I'm, my surgery was in 1983, 
okay? And I still have to take naps every day, like four-hour naps. And there's nothing I can do about it. If I have to sleep, that's it, you know? It's just the way it is. And everybody around me knows that. (laughs) It's time for me to sleep, so I have to do it. But there's nothing really that you can do to change. You, You can't exercise more. It's not going to help. You can't diet because it's not, you know... Not, the weight's not going to get any better. So the main yeah, but oftentimes is, Cushing's is misdiagnosed. Oh, and, sure. and it goes both ways. So sometimes Cushing's is misdiagnosed as polycystic ovarian syndrome. Right. And polycystic mm-hmm. ovarian syndrome really has a lot of the same presentations. And that's partly what makes it so hard to diagnose. And, and Cushing's and also much, has... much, much easier to treat. Mm-hmm. And like the Cushing's, you know, uh, especially younger folks have bad acne and so forth. A lot of kids... A lot of kids have bad acne, you know, so you don't necessarily know it's from Cushing's. It's just the whole big picture altogether. You've got the obesity, and it's also usually um, the uh, weight gain is usually you get a, what's called a moon face, where your mm-hmm. face is very round, and you look in a mirror and you can't see your ears, <laughs> and you also get a hump on, these such bad terms, you get a, a hump of fat on the back of your neck. They call it a buffalo hump, mm-hmm. and uh, with thin arms and legs. So it's not not an attractive <laughs> disease either. So kids that have trouble with low self-esteem, it's going to make things even worse. You know, they're going to be the, the fat kid with the, the acne and stuff. It's just right. I didn't know about the acne. Oh, and, sorry. Um, <laughs> well, they don't have Cushing's either, so that's okay. Right. No, thank God. Yes. Um, how how genetic is this? Because well, I, I really, you know, I was just wondering. Well, I, <laughs> It's what? That's one of the things they don't really know yet. This disease was only discovered in 1932 by Dr. Harvey Cushing. And um, so pretty much any doctor will tell you it's not genetic. However, I know at least five families that, like, all the kids have it, and usually the father has it, or he's a carrier type thing. And those people usually have adrenal tumors, from what I've noticed, you know, just anecdotal. But so there are genetic people out there because there are, there are several of them that I that I know personally. And uh, so, what is what are, are there different presentations? If it's adrenal, um, no, uh, or <laughs> not so really. it would be the same. Okay, it, yeah, I was it, just curious. Yeah, they, it's got a different name. Even one's Cushing's disease, and the whole thing altogether, no matter what causes it, Cushing's syndrome. But to have Cushing's disease, you have to have a pituitary tumor. Uh, don't quite understand okay. why that it's kind of a weird thing but everybody's got Cushing syndrome and some of us have Cushing's disease but all the symptoms are the same no matter what what kind you have so now say but, you have a, a, a school-age child or a teen that mm-hmm. has Cushing's and you know you just were telling me that they need to take like four-hour naps they're tired right. Um, okay. Obviously, the weight, I would assume, is, is a burden to them. A lot of them, sure. I think, develop diabetes. So right. would these children um, get any type of classification, like other health-impaired? Would they have any accommodations? Well, it's, it's possible. You know, you'd have to fight for that, like you have to fight for everything else. Um, several of the children that I know of that have had Cushing's have been homeschooled also. Mm-hmm. It makes it easier to deal with everything, you know, and right. stay right. away from the other kids and so forth. But it's hard, you know, especially as a parent, and getting, you know, fighting for your child to get a diagnosis and keep it all right. moving. 
Um, and, and, and also I think part of the problem is initially the, the child is diagnosed with a behavioral problem or right. uh, mm-hmm. something like that, and it's really not. You know, it winds up that it is other health impaired, and, um, you know, it's, it's just exhausting for these kids. And, and you know, okay. I don't know per se about Ad, uh, about Addison's or Cushing, oh, that's, that's another but in thing. general... <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, in general, endocrine diseases are just absolutely taxing on the body. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So, yeah. so what type of support does your um, organization offer? Well, we're mostly online support, message boards. We have uh, chats, actually, like this, interviews, um, you know, stuff on Facebook and that kind of thing, blogs. Um, I do know another organization that offers uh, phone support to. Uh, Parents and children with Cushing's. If you're interested in them, I can give you that information. Also, well, say it. Give us yeah, the the, uh, the uh, founder of that is a, a good friend of mine, actually, and her son has uh, obviously has Cushing's, and it's called John's Foundation for Cushing's Awareness. And uh, okay. she, they don't do as much online at all. She's more of a, a telephone person than I am. And let's see, does she have her phone number on the website? She does not have. She's got a, a form to fill out on her website, and she will call you back. Um, I give you her phone number if she had it listed here, but she doesn't. And her okay, website. I just tweeted it, so it'll be out there. Okay. Yeah. Um, she's. So what type of chat do you have? And, and you do hmm? the blog talk also. Yes, I do. So anybody um, can just go into your website, sign sign on, and meet other people that are ab- going absolutely. through this. Absolutely. And we have text chats. Uh, we have a chat room that's always open and very active. Message boards. It's a rare disease. Ho ho! We've got like ten thousand members. You know, and a lot of them are children and parents with children. Let me give you um, the uh, URL for John's Foundation for Cushing's Awareness. It's not quite what you'd expect. It's J S C A I N C. Dot com, so it stands for I guess John's Foundation for Cushing's Awareness Incorporated. dot com is what it is. Okay. And uh, and the woman who runs it, his name is Donna Sellers, and she's very very helpful. And uh, I've talked to her quite a bit, and she's very very well, active. But she does more real real world stuff, phone phone things and that kind of stuff, and I do more online. Okay. So. Well, you know, there's nothing more important to a parent that has a child with a disorder than talking to somebody and not feeling so isolated. So, um, Uh you know, I'm definitely going to check this out and uh, let people know about it. And I want to thank you for what you do because, um, you know, it's not easy. I really uh, really do appreciate what you do for these people and parents. Well, thank you, yes. Oh, so why don't you give us your your website so that everyone can go check it out and let us know when your your podcasts are on. Don't tell me it's on the same time. No, mine, mine are usually on Thursdays, <laughs> um, but I try to make them late at night for the you know West Coast and so forth. Also, mm-hmm. um, I actually have several websites. It's one of those things that grew out of control. I started with a page of information and just grew out of control. The easiest thing to do is to go to cushy. dot info c u s h i e. dot info. That's what we call ourselves. We call ourselves cushies, people with cushings. <laughs> Okay. And uh, everything else links from there, the message boards, the chat rooms. We have a wiki and all you know, all kinds of all kinds of stuff, so Okay. And and blogs and I can't well, even remember what all I have to look at the page. You do have a lot of stuff because I, I got yes. busy when I went on there. Well um, yeah, but there's so much information and there were just so many people sharing. It's it's just terrific. Well thank so, you. Um, 
Yeah, our time is almost up. I want to thank you. I really appreciate well, you coming you. on. I'll leave you alone now. <laughs> well, good luck and good luck to you with your children. You know, you have to keep pushing. You know, if right. you think somebody's sick, you've got to. You know yourself, and you know your children better better than the doctor does. He sees you right. like fifteen minutes every so and often. And you know, I, I I don't say that all children that have mental illness have um, an organic oh, basis. That it's not all biological, but there are some that do, and I can tell you that for a fact because I've got one. And you know, we mm-hmm. treated um, her. Um, the microadenoma, which thank God wasn't cushioning. Yeah. Uh, I've got a different uh, outcome, you know, so mm-hmm. Absolutely. it's important. So thank you. I really pre- appreciate you joining us. Well, you're welcome. Thank you for asking me. Okay. Talk to you later. Uh, I want to announce a Sunday. We have um, our foundation of the month. March of Dimes will be here, and we're going to be talking about all the incredible work that they do for, um, for um, you know, for parents. So um, that's Sunday night, 9 p.m. As we end the show each day, you are your child's best advocate. If not you, then who? Become an informed, educated parent. Thank you for joining us tonight at the Coffee Clutch.